Madison, you guys are fucking great. Yeah, Pigs of Light up next. My arch nemesis, Robbie Derbeek. The only real enemy I've ever had. Because everyone seems to like it.
I just started playing guitar.
Next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, so please stay tuned.
Hello everyone, welcome to Women's Magazine here, MutinyRadio.fm, fucking San Francisco, Merry fucking Christmas, this is Free Speech Radio, I don't swear that often even though I could, but you know what, hey, you know what, it's the holidays, so tis the season, I'm going to play you some music today, I'm going to be playing them pretty much uh, all day here on Women's Magazine and also on Common Thread Collective, this is off of a really cool album, a holiday album, Album from a local brass trio called Lip Service, um, headed up by trumpeteer Aaron Priscorn and friends uh, Audra Loveland on French horn, which is a very tricky instrument to play. It's one of those loopy ones. And Matthew de Pesquale. So uh, here we go the Lip Service brass trio, Halliday album, um, Carol of the Bells, of course, Bell Carol. I'll be right back. This is Global Val, by the way. Merry fucking Christmas.
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz. Welcome to Getting Sketchy, weekly workshop time for free here in the Deep Mission District, where nobody will find you. <laughs> I'm here in the studio performance space with Faco, legendary South Bay comedian, storyteller, improver, musician. He does it all, folks. We're going to be here for the next two hours, working on lots of different stuff, being all productive and shit. Please join us, and uh, I'll get some music going for you. Stay tuned.
sleep. Can you hear me? Hello, hello. Uh-oh. Mic problems, that's not cool. Well, I better figure that out. One, two, one, two. Five, six, seven, eight, nine.
check. One, two, one, two. Mic check. Okay. I thought you cared for Mic me. check. One, two, three, four, what five. What did she do or say that gave you that impression? The way she talked to me. Whoa! It's mild. Hello, 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 hello. There we go. Mutiny Radio, Mutiny Radio. Hello again? All right, yeah, that's better. I guess it got unplugged or something. Anyway. You missed my whole beautiful self-serving story! But that's a good topic for today. Let's talk storytelling. Paco, you want to join me? All right. Not yet. Here. Uh, what am I? Hello. Hello. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'm here. Good deal. Yeah, man. Let's talk about it. Dude. All right. Let me turn that down just a bit. I mean, you could talk about this as comedy in a way right now. It is. The it mic, is. Is the mic working? Right? Yeah. So in comedy, you know, you can find it in every situation. Um, storytelling is a little bit different, though. Nicole Tran, um, she hit me up the other day. We met at Morgan Hill Library. We're going over it. And uh, with storytelling shows, the aim is not necessarily to be funny. That could be helpful, but only if it focuses on your story and your theme. If it distracts from it, even if you get laughs, the storytellers in charge will say, hey, hey, this isn't for comedy. Knock it off. Which is what happened to me the other night at Sweet Bar Bakery in Oakland. Um, so I was supposed to judge for uh, Story Slam Oakland, Julie Soler's show, uh, which is once a month. And um, I was totally pumped. I was looking forward to it. She had said, be there at 7. And that was like when my car started dying. So I had to arrange to pick up my dad's car to replace it. And uh, he wasn't going to be home until a certain time. And then on top of it, there was all this traffic on the freeway. By the time I got the car in Santa Clara and headed up to Oakland, there were two accidents on the 880. Right. So I missed half the show and I lost the judge seat. She sent somebody else up. Luckily, though, I did get called into the open mic. So she drew my name from the hat. I was like the fourth open micer. And I went up to do a five-minute set. And, uh, you know, the theme was Love Bites, so I had plenty of material. But during my set, I got into really dark places just getting things off my chest, which felt good. It's different. Like, at the end of a story set, you don't necessarily feel the elated high of comedy, but it's more just like a quiet relief. Like, I've been heard. Thank God. And you, you do feel better, though. It calms your, your nerves. It gets rid of stress. But I had been going into a comedy set in the middle because I was covering all this heavy stuff. And I guess I just started feeling like, oh, I'm getting too dark. I need to lighten it with some comedy. But even though it was kind of gay related, it wasn't really about me and Og and the subject material. So I got called out for that. Now, Faco, you know about the moth, right? I've heard about the storytelling, yes, the series. The Moth is the biggest and probably the most popular storytelling podcast in the nation. Um, it's based out of San Francisco, but they have a satellite in Oakland, Berkeley, too. Um, the guy that runs it is Corey Rosen. Nice Jewish name. Uh, <laughs> I might be distantly related to him, even. I have a Rosen in my background. Oh, oh. Yeah. Woo. 
At first I thought he was my fourth cousin, but that was a different Corey Rosen, who was gay in the closet and decided the way to deal with this was to join the Israeli armed forces. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck, cousin Corey. Get out of this situation. Yeah. Nobody will think I'm gay now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hit the showers, guys. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, um, when you do storytelling, comedy is incidental, not critical. So that's the first lesson, especially for comedians. If you get invited to a storytelling show or you have the opportunity, you can do a funny story, but you do not have to. The, the point is to be interesting. So you may be... You may make people laugh. You may make people cry. Yeah, I mean, you could go totally sad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh, and that's valid. That's still valid. You know what I'm saying? One of my criticisms I got first few years of comedy was that I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing storytelling. So in the beginning, I was mixing them up. And people rightfully criticized me. That Kyle used to tell me, this is great still. Let's have some punchlines. <laughs> 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 so, um... It was good to finally start to find some venues because Art Boutique was really where I began doing storytelling. I could just feel it. I think I came there with maybe you and Zugnoni one night and um, I just loved the place on principle because I'm into graphic novels anyway. I loved the feel of it. And then I just started going into stories. I, I started getting things off my chest. And I've been doing that at Woodham's, but it was distracting. And that's mm. how I got that reputation of being not that funny, even if I was interesting. So the two different aims, two different arts, don't try to force them together. That, oh. That's the first one. Do you get, do you, and do you feel like you like storytelling better or comedy stand up? Not better, but it's different. I like storytelling because it's a relief for me. And I feel like there's things that I need to say. And I don't always feel like wrapping them in jokes in order to get them across. Um, I've been told before, like in Santa Cruz, that you're funny when you want to be. And when I don't want to be funny, a storytelling set is great. Because I don't have to be. Right. Yeah. You don't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be. And then, uh, it, there's a lot of pressure off of you. You know, that's a, that, that's a lot of pressure off. It is. Where you have to be funny and you have to come up with a joke and you have to uh, yeah. make sure everyone understands the premise or, you know, everything is translated before that could hit, you know? Exactly. So the storytelling, I like storytelling. It's fun. I did your storytelling show in uh, Morgan Hill. That's right. Yeah. And we had a good time there. Um, I did a Burning Tale before. It's not around no more. It was hosted by Mighty Mike McGee. Yeah, I did that one too. Yeah, the yeah. poet laureate of Santa Clara County. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, it's cool. And sometimes I don't care. Sometimes I go to an open mic and I'm just going to do a story. Even if there's no funny things. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I just want to talk about something. Yeah. It reminded me of something, you know. I don't do it generally at showcases, but open mics, oh, hell yeah. Especially at a mixed mic. Yeah, mixed mic especially. It's my time now, you know? Yeah. I want to talk whatever I want. If I want to talk about a rat orgy for five minutes, then let's go. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It don't matter. So, anyways. Um, but it's nice. It's nice. And, um... Uh, are you thinking you're drawing up another story show coming up or what? Yeah, I'm going to produce more. I got one here at Mutiny Radio that's coming up next month. It's Saturday, March 17th. 
uh, 8 to 10 p.m. It's part of our Friends of Mutiny series where we fundraise to keep the station afloat, and so Pam does not have to dip into her savings. Oh. <laughs> That's good. You help out. You it is, yeah. We bring in some good money and people there. You can listen to the Friends of Mutiny as a podcast on Apple um, it's available now. And uh, lots of different shows that different people have produced are on there. We've got music, comedy, storytelling, um, women's issues, and uh, speakers. Just great material. Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to that show. I got a really great lineup. Julie Solar, like I mentioned from Story Slam Oakland, is going to be on there. And uh, I've known her for a couple of years. She, she's really encouraged me, and she's helped me out. And uh, one time I even won like a $50 gift certificate for a flotation in Oakland. Somebody's on the phone. I wonder if it's Gail and if she's feeling sweet. We shall see. Stay tuned. Put her on. Yeah, that's the thing. You never even bother to learn anything about us on our end. It's all about you and getting things off your chest. So it is a little frustrating sometimes. Thank you. Um, we're discussing storytelling today. Yeah, as an art form. And it's, yeah, the show's around the Bay Area. Do you have anything playing? Yeah, the music's playing. Yeah, I'm going to get you Oh, there you go. All right, that was Sweet Gale. Um, sometimes I'm in the mood to chat, sometimes I'm not. But yeah, courtesy of manners. I'm working on that. I'm not very good at them. I used to be when I was young. I was such a nice little Jewish kid. And then the Wolfman bit me. <laughs> hey. 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 The Wolfman got stolen. It's Wolf. It's Wolfowitz, dude. Dude, they're remaking American Werewolf in London. Are you serious? Yeah, with the the director producer's uh, son, um, the guy that did all the special effects. So, um, so it, I, th- I think it's going to be called the Mexican-American Werewolf in London. They already yeah. made one of those. It was like a, a weird sequel. It was the Chupacabra on the loose oh, in Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I never actually saw it. I wanted to. See, now I want to watch it. <laughs> well, I remember, The only Chupacabras I remember was on X-Files. They had an X-Files episode of Chupacabras. Do you remember that at all? Because I was never really an X-Files fan. Oh. I, I never really watched it. Come on, man. Yeah. You needed to know, man. Come on. Truth's out there. It's or out in there. here. In here. Oh. <laughs> we're here at the workshop. Yeah, we're getting sketchy here at Mutiny Radio. I'm Stolowitz. That's Faco. And uh, talking about storytelling today. And uh, what makes it different from stand-up comedy. And tips and tricks if you're going to be on a storytelling show. Uh, I myself am getting ready for The Moth. It's going to be hosted by Omar Qureshi this month in San Francisco on the 27th, I believe. So it is an open mic format from what I understand. I don't know if there's a cover charge, but I'm ready to pay it. (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to get my stuff together so I'll have a solid story set when I go up. Now, I've listened to The Moth on on podcasts that's how a lot of people know them they pick like the best of their material for that and the moth was 
instrumental in the whole storytelling scene. A lot of people have copied its format. So usually there is a theme for the evening at storytelling shows. This uh, can be suggested by participants, but it's usually picked by the host in advance. It may have something to do with uh, current events or the time of year. So for example, a love show around Valentine's Day. Um, sometimes it's just themes that the, the host is exploring. So with Story Slam Oakland, we've had lots of cool themes. There's been uh, love, drugs, um, sex, violence, uh, cats and dogs, things like that. So you could go all over the spectrum. And uh, you don't want to pick something too obscure for a theme. Try to pick relatable subjects that most people can identify with or at least find really interesting. Again, the keyword is interesting with stories. So um, my theme that I picked for our storytelling show is irony, because I've had a lot of it in my life lately. You had any irony going on, Faco? irony going on yeah like what like something's strange is happening you know ironic like explain to me ironic you're ironic uh, <laughs> so it, it means something happens in a a way that makes it funny for contradicting itself oh so oh you remember like yeah. atlantis morissette song yeah oh. a traffic jam when you're already late to no smoking sign on your cigarette break oh. <laughs> Like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife. It's meeting the man of my dreams, and that meeting is beautiful wife. <laughs> Dude, I'm happy, but I'm sad. That one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so I, I did radio. I've been doing radio for a long time. You want to know something funny that happened to me like that? Sure. Um, so someone complained to when I was doing radio at a station that I was playing mainstream. Like, I played a mainstream artist. Like, let's say I play Mariah Carey. Okay. Uh, we're not supposed to play uh, mainstream commercial hits. It's supposed to be the underground s sound, you know, okay. like under independent artists. So you so. weren't indie enough. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, I go and I talk to the program director. I go to his shift. And he's in trouble. He's going, hey, look, man, you can't do this, okay? You know, well, this is an underground sound. You know, <laughs> it's an independent musical 24-7, right? And as he's yelling at me, telling me this, he's doing his show, right? And he's playing, you know, like Public Enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, it was just funny. I didn't even call him out on it. I just thought, well, that's, this is ironic. You it know what is. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even call it out. This is supposed to be free speech radio. I can't yeah. play what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and what's it called? Um, yeah, and uh, it was just funny that, that that happened. You know what I'm saying? It I didn't is. say anything. I didn't get mad at him. I was just like, okay, this yeah. is cool. And this that is, is cool. a good story. That was about five minutes. Right now? Yeah. No way. I, that must have been like a minute and a half. Oh, that's short, huh? <laughs> okay. I guess I could stretch it out. You know what I'm saying? You can't if you were to go into a theme or details. You know, the lightning hit the clock tower. <laughs> 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 you know, we could go like that. You know what I'm saying? But and that's like a, a story of irony. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was my program director, but everything was cool. It's not like he told, "Hey, you're you're uh, suspended." He was. He just told me, "Hey, don't do this." Mm -hmm. So it's not like he was too harsh. You know. Okay. Yeah, man, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. So, like, um, when you're selecting a story for the theme, 
I mean, you, you intuited it. You didn't maybe understand what irony was when we first started talking, but you got it right away and you were able to relate to it. You found something. Right. So, um, when you lay it out, it's kind of like writing an essay for school, if you were ever good at that, but you don't have to follow a million rules as far as punctuation and grammar and stuff. You have a lot more freedom because storytelling is visual as well as auditory. So you can use your body to emphasize or uh, illustrate different points in your story and it adds a whole other dimension. Uh, some cultures use their hands more than others. Yeah. Uh, Jews love using their hands when they talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of a lot of people do. Um, the pausing, I think, is even is even is greater in storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, for effect. For effect to you know catch up everyone to um, you know stuff like that. You know, you know, and then he told me. There's no more fries. <laughs> <laughs> Good. In that case, you used it as a setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Clever. So, what's it called? Um, yeah. Storytelling is cool, man. It like it, It's almost like, you know, the restraints are off. You can say whatever you want. Uh-huh. Make it all relatable. Details, right? Yeah. It's important not to go off topic yeah. and get distracted because... There's lots of different interesting details you can use, but even if they're interesting, do they, you know, help explain your your premise or are they wandering off into a tangent? So, Gail, I mean, sweet and lovely as she is, goes on many tangents, which is one of the reasons why people get frustrated with her. Um, I haven't talked to her yet. No? No, so... Uh, but shout outs to her. Yeah. She called you up. She did. You know? And that was the second time for one show. That's pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk more in the future. We'll see how it goes. Um, where will we? Yeah. So if we're doing, like, say, a story on irony, and uh, we're going through the first few minutes illustrating examples in our life, building a background, um, a point of reference, a focus, and a direction, it's not going to make any sense to jump off and talk about, like, chocolates, unless they're ironic, you know? Right, right. Okay, so you stay focused, you carry the, the thesis through mm-hmm. um, to the end, and you use all your tools in order to illustrate your story. So by the end of it, as you're wrapping things up into a conclusion, it's succinct, it's powerful, you haven't gone over the light, Yeah. and uh, you've delivered something poignant. Right. And it's also good, you know, like to think about it, like, like, you know, the good thing about storytelling is like, you know, it's like when you're talking to your friends, you know, and you're telling them a story, right? It's very, you you know, you can do it. Anybody can do it. You do it if you think about it like that, you know, and um, and it'll help you. I don't think it necessarily in comedy it doesn't help you. Like you do something funny to your friends. That doesn't actually translate that. That joke is funny on stage, like doing stand-up. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe it more doesn't. for sketch or improv. Yeah, you, it, you, you know, but you can't really do that. But in storytelling, you can because you tell your friends the whole story. And that's what you do, you know? And that's just the storytelling. So it'll help you, you know what I'm saying? It's, mm-hmm. it's, and a lot of the tools from that helps you in the storytelling you get what i'm saying yeah 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 you know so anybody can do it and as long as you're just talking to them like your normal people you know hey. exactly yeah 
So yeah, when you are in front of an audience with stand-up, it, it's good to just relate to them as people. You don't have to imagine they're so different from you. I mean, unless you're talking about something really obscure that most of them won't get. Um, you know, if you have a topic that's relatable, then they're there. And also, storytelling audiences tend to be uh, more focused. They, they give more time. They're willing to give people a longer time to explain themselves or make a, a point without, you know, yelling out, say something funny. Or, you know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a storyteller's show get heckled. And if it did, that person got escorted out pretty yeah, quickly. That's a good thing. I yeah. haven't seen that. Uh, at least my eyes with a storytelling. Yeah. Or even if they had somebody say something, they wasn't the guy wasn't saying yeah. negative. They're not always clean either. You have dirty shows, but oh, they, yeah. they warn people in advance so what's the term now for the grown and sexy that's the term for the grown and sexy crowd yeah (laughs) um the key though is if you are going to get dirty you need to make it worth it in order to make the points in your story so is it interesting or are you just being gross for gross's sake so a story about sex could be really wonderful if it's exciting or funny or strange or even sad but if it's just porn i mean any of us can look that up on the internet dude porn <laughs> take it to another place for a minute. <laughs> that we're talking about comedy stories. <laughs> well, so a comedic storytelling session. Say yeah. you're going to tell a funny story. And this doesn't have to be at a storytelling show. It could be at a showcase or an open mic. Um, any tips for that? Um, tips for... A funny story. Uh, any funny story? Yeah. Oh, you know, smile, right? Smile. <laughs> I think that's a yeah. good one. Smile. Sure. Don't be don't be. Excited, I'm suicidal be comic. I hate my life. Yeah. <laughs> be excited. You know, I get a stare. Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's yeah. important. Enthusiasm. Like you want it. Like you got this fucking story from God himself, <laughs> man. And you're gonna tell him. See you. I, he told me, man. I gotta tell you this. That you gotta have like that kind of belief. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, conviction. Yeah, man. So I didn't do that, and, and you know, people always. Uh, I used to always think too, like, oh, it's honest, it's honest, it's gotta be honest, it's funny, and that's cool. In storytelling, honest is the best, right? Yeah. Honest. That's the whole point. Almost, and truth is stranger than fiction. You don't have to lie. Yeah. What's Uncle Dave always say? I ain't got to lie to kick it. Yeah, you ain't got to lie to <laughs> kick it. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Ain't nothing but chewed up grass. <laughs> it's not what you do. It's how you do, do it. it. <laughs> Stop. Look. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Uncle Dave. Everybody knows his quote. <laughs> they're classic 70s lines, actually. Yeah. He just compiled them. And they're the best so it's fine he's got his thing i owe him i owe him dude he gave me some girl scout cookies yeah legitimate girl scout cookies (laughs) i took almost like two rows (laughs) <laughs> Which ones? Oh, it was peanut butter chocolate. Oh, it was the best uh, tagalogs, uh, yes. Uh, I'm hopping this fucking table right now. Dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, yeah, I owe him a beer. And, um, yeah, we talked about Uncle Dave, right? Stop, look, listen. Yeah. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I am David Stolowitz here in the studio with Faco, getting sketchy, talking about storytelling as an art form, and uh, when to integrate it into a comedy set. So, 
Now, if you're not going to have a, a punchline kind of format, it's okay to tell funny stories, but you have to get to the point pretty quick if you're going to be at a comedy scene. So you, you can't get off into Neverland and people will be like, where is this going? Yeah. Do you remember any uh, really funny sets you told stories at, Faco? Because you have a lot of good ones. Yeah, man, uh, I do. Um, like I said, uh, your, your, uh, your showcase. Uh-huh. I told. I thought one of my favorite stories, dude. <laughs> but I don't know if I should tell it now. Okay, but I, I mean, like, as a, at a comedy show, have you ever just told stories? I tried, and some people, I, I, some people go, come on, you know? Uh-huh. It's, hey, comedy is the volleyball, kid, and you can't just keep setting, you know? <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't keep setting, kid. <laughs> you got to spike it down sometimes. Ah, okay. So... Yes, we got to get to the point if it's during yeah. a comedy set. This is just like, you know, general, you know, comedy tips because there's no, you know, wrong way to do comedy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do it. And some motherfuckers are so lucky they don't need punchlines, dude. Some guys are just funny, dude. That's true. Can you think of any oh, comedic e- storytellers? Enoch. Enoch. Yeah, Enoch. Yeah, yeah, dude. Enoch. Karachailak. I think Karachailak. I hope I got it. <laughs> it's hard Kinda to say the Turkish. But uh, he's great, dude. He has a uh, natural delivery. Everything is just very natural. And he, he's done. He's won Moth, too. Ah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. I saw that. He's done really good. He's really good. He had a showcase in Fremont, and he did great, dude, at Slapface Coffee and Tea. Excuse me for the plug but hey every first Saturdays of every month oh it's a great show and you pack it out don't you Fuck hey it. we try man you know what I'm saying we put the word out and they come dude it's, and it's pretty cool we just stay consistent for Saturday yeah two um, stories great coffee great coffee they got uh, ice cream water, water. <laughs> whatever your deal is yeah. man woo <laughs> woo <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, man, he's good, good storyteller. Victor Cruz Perez is a good storyteller. Yes. He's in San Jose. He's a good storyteller. Mean Dave is a good storyteller. Oh yeah, his are so funny. Yeah, he, and he's just talking about his own life. You know. Yeah, man, and he's great at it, dude. And he, uh, that's a good guy around here. That's a, a good storyteller. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's pretty cool. Uh, Mighty Mike McGee's a good storyteller. He's from San Jose, and. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, man. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break for a little bit. Uh, I'll turn on some comedy writer interviews for you all to enjoy while I take some food. Stay tuned. A man, a journalist, by the name Rob Walker, wanted to find out is, is storytelling really the most powerful tool of all? And in order to do this, 
he went on his computer and he bought 200 objects from eBay. And the average price of the objects were about $1. He then called 200 authors and he asked them, hey, would you like to be part of the significant object study? Which means that I would like you to write a story to one of the objects. And 200 authors said yes. So there he had 200 objects, he had 200 stories, and I assume that it was with nail-biting anticipation that he went on eBay again with all the 200 objects. Would there be a difference? Would there be a change? Do you think there was a change? One of the objects was this, this beautiful horse's head. There we go. The beautiful horse's head. Now this beautiful horse's head was bought for 99 cents and was sold when the story was added for $62.95. That is a slight increase of 6,395%. So was this a one-off situation? Not really, because he bought the 200 objects for a total of $129, selling them for $8,000. Now that's insane. But you know what's even more intellectually challenging to understand is how can you and I go to the movies and pay good money to watch movies like James Bond who are absolutely unrealistic. And we sit there, we enjoy the movie, and some of us, we really enjoy the movie. And we leave the theater going like, God, what a man. <laughs> I would like to be more like him. I'd like to walk like him. I'd like to talk like him. I like Bond. Wonder how I could be more like Bond. And then this weird revelation hits you like from nowhere and you come up with a brilliant idea to walk to a watchmaker shop. And wow, it just happens to be an Omega watch in that shop that resembles the one that Bond was wearing in the movie. And you pay $10,000 to put that watch on your wrist and you leave that store feeling more like Bond. How is that possible? PQ Media tells us that $10.5 billion is turned over in product placement revenue every single year. How is it possible for you to be so easily tricked by something so simple as a story? Because you are tricked. Well, it all comes down to one core thing and that is emotional investment. The more emotionally invested you are in anything in your life, the less critical and the less objectively observant you become. And the greatest emotional investment of all is falling in love. Now, falling in love resembles a good story. Do you remember the last time you fell in love? Do you? Good for you. It's a beautiful feeling, isn't it? Do you remember how you longed and how you yearned and how you dreamt? And then you looked at her and maybe you thought, God, I love the way you chew that apple. <laughs> so crunchy. <laughs> oh, and the way you slurp that tea just over the edge, you know. <laughs> oh, it's so sexy. Love it. And then about 13 months later when you biochemically fall in out of love, 13 months later, on an average, you fall out of love. Suddenly, you find yourself sitting in the sofa, and you go, Jesus Christ, where did this thing come from? Oh my God, and where are my friends? This is a weird thing. And then suddenly, you hear a sound. You go like, what's that? 
And you go over to the kitchen and you look and you go like, oh, it's you. You're eating an apple there. <laughs> Could you just keep that down just a little bit? Yeah, you're kind of spraying the table there. Please, please don't. And you sit down comfortably again and just a minute later you hear somebody drinking tea from the kitchen going. <laughs> and suddenly this is all annoying to you. Have you been there? Sadly enough. 30 months later, our critical thinking and our cortex comes home from a one-year-long vacation and we start questioning things. Now during those 30 months, what happened was that your brain was flooded with neurotransmitters and hormones hijacking your cortex, throwing your objectively observant skills out of the window. And the thing with the storytelling is that the same thing can happen. In stories, the same hormones and neurotransmitters can be released. Hormones like vasopressin, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins. And do you know what? That's what I would like to do during my talk. I would like to induce three hormones into your brain. I call it the angel's cocktail, so it's a nice cocktail. I would like to start with radically increasing your dopamine levels. And I, I need your consent on this. Is that okay? Yes. Cool. And if you don't like the idea of that, you'll just have to cover your ears. So dopamine, this is what it looks like. And when you have that in your blood, these are the beautiful effects. You get more focus, more motivation, and you remember things in a better way. So what does dopamine feel like? It feels like this. About six years ago, I received a phone call from a woman who represented one of the biggest training companies in Scandinavia, and she said, hey David, we've got a lot of trainers in presentation skills and in rhetorics, and we would like to increase the level of all of these. And we think you are a perfect pick. Would you like to come to a meeting? I'm like, wow, I'm honored, I'd love to. And I come up to Stockholm, and I'm going to their office, and just as I am going to pull the handle down, what I don't know then is that I'm walking into one of the absolute worst meetings I am ever gonna have in my life. But I don't know that yet, so it's okay. I open the door and I meet this woman, her name is Liana, and hurriedly she says, David, just so you know, I'm not the one you're gonna have this meeting with. You're gonna have it with three gentlemen uh, further on here. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit strange. Uh, usually you know who you're gonna have the meeting with. And then she progresses with a bit of chit-chatting, and then suddenly she says, are you, are you ready now? And I'm like, yeah, what should I be ready for? <laughs> and then she says, just so you know, can you see the room over there? And I go like, yes, I can see it. Well, in that room, you have the three gentlemen. Just so you know, they're all majority owners of this company. They've all got an ex-military background, and uh, none of them wants the training that you are going to pitch. <laughs> I'm like, come on, what, why am I here? And it's like, well, all the trainers want this, but the management are they're on too high horses. They can't see that they need it. So it's pretty simple. The only thing you have to do is go in there and, and kind of, you know, just prove the opposite. I'm like, yeah, that sounds simple, doesn't it? And I can remember myself. I'm walking towards this office. My sweat is coming down my palms. My heart is racing. And just halfway there, uh, she calls my name. And I still, to this day, don't know if this woman is sadomasochistic or just downright unintelligent. Because she calls my name and she goes like, David, and it's like I'm gonna get a tip, you know, something like that. So I turn around to ask her, go like, and she says the following. 
And if I don't tell you what she says there, is that annoying? <laughs> well, actually, as an example, I'm not going to do that. I just wanted to prove to you what it feels with high dopamine levels. Would you say that your focus was increased? Your attention was increased? You were creative, you created situations around this, and you probably already figured out what that room looked like, correct? And you remember that I did that to you for quite a while. Now, the feeling you had there was high levels of dopamine, which is beautiful. So how do you do that? Well, what you do is you build suspense, you launch a cliffhanger, and the most beautiful thing of all is that all storytelling is, per definition, dopamine-creating, because it's always something that we're waiting and expecting. So just imagine, just by using storytelling, you can get those techniques. You don't have to do a cliffhanger like I did. So that was the first hormone. I'd now like to go to oxytocin. Is that okay as well? I'll induce that. All right. The beautiful effects of oxytocin are the following. You become more generous, you trust me more, and you bond to me. Do you want to do that? All right. All right, so this was, uh, was nine months have passed. And uh, it was a planned cesarean. And the little brother, who was five years of age at that point of time, he was kind of really looking forward to what's going to be what's going to happen. He was going to become a big brother. And he'd helped us pick out the wallpaper. He'd helped choose the bed linen. He'd even saved his own pocket money to buy a little stuffed animal, which was placed on the pillowcase. And about two days before the planned cesarean, something happened. Something wasn't right. The parents couldn't, something was off. And the day before, there was simply no movement in the stomach. There was no heartbeat. You couldn't feel or hear anything at all. So the parents were rushed into hospital, lay down on a bed, and the doctor comes in, checks the stomach, looks at me, and sees what I see, and that is that the heart is no longer beating for this child. This was me nine years ago. It's the worst thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I don't know, do you, can you just imagine what you have to tell, a how you tell that to a five-year-old? Can you just imagine that? Because he's home there waiting anticipation for this coming event. But it won't happen. So part of me, and to handle that, I talk about it. And I've talked to you about it now. And now, you've got higher levels of oxytocin in your blood, whether you want it or not, which means that you feel more human. You're bonding to me, and you feel more relaxed. So how do you do that? In storytelling, you create empathy. So whatever character you build, you create empathy for that character. And oxytocin is the most beautiful hormone of all, because you feel human. Now, the third and last hormone is endorphins, and I would like to show you a woman which we can say has overdosed on endorphins. Let's just look what that looks like. Oh, we'll go here. To inspire and to respond. Are you speaking or listening?
inspire and to respond. To inspire and to respond. And in all circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> and in all circumstances. Of our life together. <laughs> our life together to be loyal to you with my whole life and with all my being until death parts us oh the timing of that is so loud isn't it so how do you create endorphins well you make people laugh what happens then is that they become more creative they become more relaxed and again they become more focused which is beautiful to have. Now all these three hormones that I've induced into your brain now is what I call the angel's cocktail. But there is an opposite of that cocktail and I call that the devil's cocktail. And the devil's cocktail has high levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And they feel like this. Ah! <laughs> Sorry to do that to you. So high levels of cortisol and adrenaline. And the problem with that is that if you've got really high concentrations, which I didn't give you there, but when you've got high concentrations, look at this. Is this something that you want to have the people you talk to have in their blood, in their system? No. Now in our stressful work lives, in our stressful lives, many times, when you present, when you communicate, when you deliver meetings, which one do you think they've drunk most of? The devil's cocktail or the angel's cocktail? Most commonly the devil's cocktail. And the problem then is that you've got all this to work against. But all of that can change today. All of that can change by you starting to use something I call functional storytelling. And functional storytelling means that you do these three things. One, you have to understand that you don't have to be a bearded old man in front of a fireplace with a dark voice in order to be a great storyteller. In my experience, when I train people, everybody is a good storyteller from birth. The only problem is that you don't believe in it. The second thing is this, write down your stories. You'll notice that you have three to four times more stories in your life than you normally or than you thought that you had. Three, index those stories. Which of your stories make people laugh, i.e. create endorphins? Which makes people feel empathy, i.e. oxytocin? And the next time you go into a meeting, you pick the story you want to release the hormone you wish in the person that you're talking to to get exactly the desired effects that you want. And that's a beautiful thing. Now, you know me, some of you know me as Mr. Death by PowerPoint. And uh, I want to round off with making my point very clear. And my point is this. 100,000 years ago, we started developing our language. It's sound to say that we started using storytelling to transfer knowledge from generation to generation. 27,000 years ago, we started transferring knowledge from generation to generation through cave paintings. 3,500 years ago, we started transferring knowledge from generation to generation through text. 28 years ago, PowerPoint was born. Which one do you think our brain is mostly adapted to? Thank you very much.
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I'm David Stolowitz. I'm here with Faco. That was the magical science of storytelling, a TED talk from uh, Monterey. And uh, Faco's kind of skeptical about it. But I thought it was interesting. They were talking about uh, neurotransmitters and the chemistry of your brain and how comedy triggers uh, endorphins. Uh, whereas storytelling is more about oxytocin. And the key word he used was empathy. So storytelling helps us relate to each other as human beings. It can humanize a subject or a person that might have otherwise seemed threatening, distant, or even exotic. Exotic. Ooh, so exotic. You remember something, Stolowitz. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know about storytelling and comedy? You, 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 you learn the big words. Okay? Okay. You, you, like the serotonins. Ooh. Yeah, but they are... And the monoxidils. It is too much if people don't understand it, right? Because if I just throw out big words that you don't get, you know, that, that doesn't help with a story, right? It doesn't. Yeah, I can explain what they mean, but I got to make it quick. You do, yeah. a little bit, but you got to make it interesting more than Exactly, that, yeah. You know? But anyways, I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm sorry. It's all right. A I'm lot a of hater. people don't like to eat hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> they do charge a lot for those events. You have to pay like $200, $300 a ticket. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like the, the best intellectuals and academics in the world, but it is a very small, closed circle. And you can watch it all for free on YouTube, basically, but not everybody's into it. A lot of the Silicon Valley folks are, though. They, no. they look to it for advice and inspiration, <laughs> and they give the talks themselves. I wouldn't be surprised if Kathy Klotz guest ended up doing one, one I, year. I thought she does do it, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. probably, because she's all into marketing and, and brand and stuff. Motivator. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Uh huh. She's gonna be on a storytelling show too. Oh, on yours? Uh huh. Awesome. That's yeah. uh, when again? March seventeenth. It's Saturday. Saturday. Ooh. Eight to ten p.m. Wait, ten dollars. Hold on, hold on. What? what? Be St. Patrick's Day? Is it March seventeenth? It just happens But by her reaction You would think I've been the man You make it look easy Even though it's cliche I saw you on your Instagram app. I think you're cute I think you're cute Oh yes I do I think you're
This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Yeah, this is America. Runs in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like yeah. We gon' blow like yeah. I'm whipping now. Look how I'm geeking now. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. Yeah. On my Kodak. Black. Know that. Follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me. Going up 
yourself and tie my own Just a shame, just a shame on you Lately you've been feeling so good I forget my future now for pull out Just a shame, just a shame on me Baby, the money you make it easier for me to run and hide out somewhere
some time Find some time to do something Find some time Find some time to do something I've been starting to feel like I don't know anyone 